For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands Of a God who never sleeps Fear not, little lamb For the kingdom belongs to his sheep And your life is in the hands of a God who never sleeps. Hey, and welcome back to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. And I'm Abby. And on this week's episode, we are continuing our repairing series by talking about how to repair with your child or children after you've had a big event, very emotional. If you've snapped, you know, if things like that come up, um, they do in my life. So I'm pretty sure they come up in most people's lives. So I hope this is relevant for you guys. Yeah, this is especially relevant, I feel like, because. Um, Show of hands if you were apologized to as a child. <laughs> nobody, nobody. <laughs> I mean, I was. I, you know, my mom did, and my, my <laughs> both of my parents weren't horrible at it. But I, uh, uh, you know, there's always room for improvement, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't really recall being apologized to. I could be mistaken. It's definitely it wasn't like a regular thing. I don't think. I think, and the more people I grow up, I've you know, talked to who maybe grew up in like evangelical, especially homes, like more kind of traditional Christian parenting, they weren't really apologized to. So my whole point in bringing that up is just, I don't think that this is a normal behavior that people just find naturally comes to them. No. (laughs) Based on the way that they were parented. It certainly hasn't for me, especially apologizing to a two-year-old. That's a very humbling experience. Yeah. When you're not apologized to, it is kind of like a language that you learn. And if it doesn't, if you weren't raised with it, it's kind of like all of this, basically. You have to really, it's awkward and clunky at first uh, yeah. when you're exercising it, but it becomes second nature after a while. Yeah. So why do you think it's important to well, let's just start with apologizing. The whole episode is on repairing. But why do you? what are some reasons you think it's important to apologize to your child, even when they're really little and maybe don't even understand what you're doing? Yeah, well, speaking of not understanding, it's really funny. Calvin will, um, you know, if I say, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. You know, if he hurts himself, oh, I'm sorry. And he says, don't say sorry, mama. And I say, why not, buddy? And said, you should be happy. And it's like he he is kind of confused in there somehow, like yeah. you know what what apologizing is for, like you've done something wrong or something. Um, but I found that it's been really really important because I can feel um, his connection to me growing. Like it's really strange how it works, but it, in that moment of like if I have hurt his feelings 
and he comes to me looking for like the the reconnection, you know, wanting to like kind of repair that little break. The apology it feels like to me and it could just be my projection, but it feels like to me that he <clears throat> receives that and is even more willing to kind of like, oh, it's okay, mama, we're here. Like to to make up with me and not just like reconnect but actually repair the situation like he yeah. actually, it feels like it actually mends something that was broken right yeah for me it's been kind of two main things I've noticed especially you know Evie's almost three now and um so she's more aware of when I'm when I lose my temper lose my cool it's not quite as um easy to hide as you know when she was much younger and didn't really understand what was going on maybe as much so it's kind of twofold for me for me honestly it's a very humbling thing um and it kind of keeps my authority in check maybe it's also just the right thing to do but um it really reminds me that like I have a relationship with her I I'm not just the boss of her you know and I want her to grow up having healthy relationships where people are sorry when they hurt each other. And I want that to be normalized in her life. So that's a big part of it. Um, And then, I mean, the other big thing is that, you know, especially in a gentle parenting um, setting where you're not forcing your child to apologize to other people if they're not sorry, this is one of the main ways that they learn how to do it um, is by being apologized to by someone who cares about them. And it's one of the ways that they can grow in empathy towards others is by people showing them empathy and caring that that you hurt them. Yeah, for so, sure. I I can really see how that has um, has already started with Calvin. Like that learning how, learning the language of humility, like learning the language of apologizing and recognizing when you've done something you shouldn't have done, it's already starting with him. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's because we have made a habit of, or we've, we've made a real, real attempt at apologizing to him, even from the time he was itty bitty. And it's cool to see it kind of manifesting now as he's getting older, how, how that, how that comes out in his, like, it is just the way, not all the time. I mean, he's a, he's a toddler. So of course he's like a lot of the time just bouncing off the walls and kind of just running around doing his own thing. But like, there are so many times where it just comes so naturally to him to say sorry, um, or to try and make amends for something. and. Yeah, that's just really neat. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into some of the meat. We're d- this isn't the episode where we're going to talk about avoiding losing your temper or snapping because, you know, obviously by the time it's time to repair, that's water under the bridge. Um, we'll include some resources in the show notes from previous episodes where we've addressed that, but this is the episode for when that happens anyway. <laughs> so, 
which happens to all of us. <laughs> I.e. me yesterday. <laughs> this, this is not this is not an idealistic episode. This happened to real people as of 24 hours ago. So <laughs> it just has struck me so much. Uh, you know, as I've been thinking through this issue, that how not your their responsibility that is, especially mm-hmm. especially when you're dealing with your kids. Like when you're dealing with your spouse, they're a fully grown adult. Especially when you've been married for quite a, quite a while, they know where you're sensitive, and it's really important for them to be sensitive about those things. Not that it's their fault if you fly off the handle or something but it's just in the way we take care of how we talk to each other and the things that we do like it is in part my responsibility as my husband's spouse to care about the things that I know are particularly triggering for him but when it comes to your relationship with your kids like that is not their responsibility they don't know those things they're stepping all over the landmines and that's not their fault. Like it just is the way kids are. They do not have the re- the responsibility for your emotional responses and you can't place them on them. No. And nor should they. No. Um, like they can't know. And, you know, not that you can't ever talk to them about, you know, how things were for you growing up or whatever, but it's just not for them to take on. That is not their responsibility at all in any circumstance, really. And I think it's important to, like, as we're talking about repairing, like, that's just something really important that we all kind of have to come to terms with because it's so tempting to try and, like, say, you weren't being thoughtful about this and this and this and to, like, hammer that home. And while as they're getting older, teaching them thoughtfulness and, and, modeling that and talking to them about being thoughtful around things that some people might be particularly sensitive about. Those are good things, but man, uh, when it comes to repairing and forgiving and understanding, you have to let the bulk of that expectation go. You have to, or it's just going to be impossible to really repair with them. Especially as they've gotten older and they're 9, 10, 11, 12, you know, they're reaching puberty and they, they are so cognizant, you know, and they're so, they feel like they should be so much more mature than they are. Honestly, um, it can be really easy to start to get those defenses up and not want to repair, to be honest. And I think it just sets unhealthy precedents for the rest of their relationships and their lives right you know okay so how do we repair with our kids first thing stop (laughs) (laughs) especially if you're in the middle of a behavior that you're gonna have to apologize for later (laughs) and you realize midway through like oh i need to to back it on up (laughs) just stop as soon as you can stop yeah i think that man that happens to me so much i'm like mid-sentence and i'm like no it's coming out oh no (laughs) it's time to just like you know the buck stops here kind of thing as soon as you realize and you're able to stop stop yeah yeah 
Uh, check yourself. <laughs> before you wreck yourself. <laughs> before you One wreck. of the things I've tried to be really good about with Calvin is almost an unnerving immediateness in the way that I apologize. It interrupts the flow of things and almost indicates to yourself and to your child or children and just the people around you that you have I'm having a moment of clarity you know like here I was flying off the handle now I'm pulling I'm reining it in you know as as quickly as you can as quickly as that recognition happens like saying well oh man I'm sorry that was too much that was I'm really sorry for that you know I think that that has been you know, it doesn't give much time for it to build up and for it to feel anxious and for like a lot more stewing to happen on both ends, you know, like the longer you wait to apologize for something. And this goes across the board. It's not just for toddlers, you know, it's for when you're dealing with older kids, when you're dealing with everybody. It's just letting that uncomfortableness sit there. Uh, you may feel like, I don't know, like it it helps to give some time. Um, but I don't think it does not between the, not before the apology, at least. Well, the other thing I think that that does, especially if you start early, you know, like Calvin's three is it sets a precedent of, it creates a culture of honesty in your home to where people don't have to feel ashamed and defensive for having that realization midway through their tantrum for or sure. what have you you know so like when your kid sees you doing that um I really do believe that that sets a precedent for them later on um you know it's not creating this animosity in the home where you have to be right or else you know you're gonna get ha I told you so or whatever you know right so. right well i mean i think we mentioned this in our previous episode of re repairing with your spouse of like how those moments where you're really angry and you have that realization that you're the one that's wrong yeah and you're like oh crap like now i have to backtrack and but your heels are in and you're like no i am gonna be mad about this you know like mm -hmm. i think that kind of response starts really early that's an I, like a really natural human response I think and if you can kind of head that off at the pass by establishing that pattern of like nope recognizing it in the moment apologizing for it right now seeking reparation right now like reconciliation right now and not waiting until later when Man, the feelings, it's like the longer you wait, the more those feelings get hurt. Yeah. And the harder and more awkward it becomes to apologize, yeah. you know, especially yeah. I think with younger kids, like, I just find it more important to apologize as quickly as possible because they do forget, you know, yeah. or they just move on, I guess I should say. They don't, I don't know about Calvin, Evie doesn't forget. <laughs> sometimes does. it comes up a few hours later <laughs> you know it it's Calvin's a funny funny guy he's he can sometimes it's like it never happened but then other times he'll like at bedtime he'll bring things up or like you know oh mama's sad or like mama this or so you know talking about what happened, what that, happened day. that day yeah yeah 
So, um, yeah, it doesn't escape him. Yeah. These events. Maybe, you know, move, it's not... move on is a better term. They move on so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think one of the things that, at least for Calvin, when I apologize and he's upset, I can see it, it hasn't happened super frequently. Um, probably because he is still little and the really triggering things for me start cropping up a bit later. <laughs> um, but it has happened that I've lost my cool with him. And in those moments, like he really appreciates the physical affection. What, how does Evie feel? Not in the middle of a tantrum or anything like that, but like when you've lost it and kind of just snapped and you've yelled or you've whatever, how does every respond to physical affection? You know, she's not usually, she's not super physically affectionate, but I will say that that is one time that she really seems to want and need that closeness. Um, not so much when she's upset or, you know, like that seems to be when she needs more space, but I've noticed that as well. It's almost like the physical closeness really lets her know, like, oh, okay, we're we're still okay, you know. We're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're not mad at me or what have you. So I agree, especially when they're smaller and the um apology maybe doesn't mean as much to them as it will later in life. That I think that physical affection can really seal the deal. Yeah. And I think it's good. You know, you're going to have probably a higher level of physical affection with the little kids. But it's definitely, I think, um, personally, even if your love language isn't super physical, I think that humans being holistic creatures, even if we don't always realize it, like that physical connection is really important just to like bring it home. You know what I mean? Like to really kind of involve your whole self and like, this is okay. We are okay. I am sorry. Like we are reconnected. Like a, even mm -hmm. if it's just like a, like a hand squeeze or a pat on the back to your older kid, like, or a something like that, you know, um, I do think that kind of brings it home, kind of clinches it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I was going to say our next point was, um, like, a lot of times with older kids and the ways that we encourage our kids to repair with other people is like asking um, what you can do to make the situation better. What can I do to help? You know, because yeah. um, that's a really important thing, like apologizing, asking for forgiveness. You know, if it's a smaller kid, maybe, and they hurt someone physically, making sure they're okay, and then asking what you can do for them. I think those are kind of the major steps of apologizing. And so with an older kid, asking, like, hey, is there anything I can do to make this right? Um, with a younger kid, that may not be as relatable, but I think actually the physical affection is one way that you can say, like, I want to make this right with you. Would you like a hug? Or you yeah, know, that's just kind of a simple way that you can show them that you're trying to make it right. So right, no, definitely, and it's kind of like an ask without formally asking. When you reach out for a hug and they go to give it to you, you know, because as a little kid, like there's really not much you can actually do. You can't yeah. pay them for something you've broken, you know. Right. But like, um, I think that's just so important. And you know, what's funny though is. When you 
humbly give an apology and not like begrudgingly give an apology like oh like when you realize you're you're wrong and you just you know in a really pissed off kind of way like sorry you know like you're still mad at you kind of thing but when you really give that genuine apology I've seen this in um the kids at school like when I offer a genuine apology um they're so quick for it to be okay yeah I'm that way too yeah when I really feel like someone is genuinely sorry for the way they treated me or what happened or what have you um I really don't need anything from them usually I mean extenuating circumstances maybe if it was like an ongoing thing but I'm usually like wow I really appreciate that that's all I really needed to be okay right um what that though brings me in like the needing something what that brings us to really well is the next point on this which is like in the case of habitual sin or like habitual frustrating and harmful tendencies like things that tend to crop up um I tend to avoid the talking about these kinds of things because it feels like it can feel really um I don't know. I don't want to excuse those things, you know, and so I don't you know when you acknowledge them as habitual, it suddenly feels like at least for me that you're kind of giving it a pass almost. Like, oh, it's habitual. Oh, that, you know. But like and you you just really want to avoid the cycle of apologizing and then it happening again and apologizing and it happening again and there's a, there's a really fine and kind of undefined line between it just being something you struggle with and it's just going to be that way because that's who you are and it's your weaknesses and you'll probably die with those same uh tendencies though hopefully not quite as yeah yeah, though hopefully better and not quite quite as you know big but um there's a fine line between that and just doing the same thing over and over and over again and it never getting better never going anywhere and so what are some things that you think we could do with things that we I've mentioned on here before like my thing is like I can go zero to 60 so fast (laughs) like I got a mad temper sometimes um and (laughs) no for real though so for me working on ways that I can cool down both before and stop myself sooner and repair after have been really important um but you know, talking about it, trying to find some of the reasons that I am that way. Some of it, I think, is just my temperament. I think it's, you know, I think environmental things exasperate it for sure. The way that you're raised, I think, can exasperate, you know, your natural tendencies anyway. But um, the Florida heat, the Florida heat, (laughs) being hangry, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, But talking about it has been a really big thing, like verbally processing these things like especially with my husband you know trying Mm -hmm. to kind of get to the bottom of it and think naturally when you start talking about this with people that you trust it creates some um accountability which is really helpful yeah i think that's like that's really all you can do and that's usually uh, enough for the people in your life to be satisfied like 
I think the frustrating thing about that habit, and we've all been there, at least mo I think most of us have been there in that kind of pattern. Um, and we've experienced it from other people for sure. I'm, I'm betting almost everybody in the audience and you and I could probably point to a specific example of someone we knew that was always apologizing, but always doing the same thing and how frustrating that is. And like, I think one of the best ways to avoid that being the case is really genuinely um, not just saying, not just, ha not even just having remorse, because I think that remorse is easy, especially when you recognize that it's you that's wrong. Uh, but actually seeking to repair the things that you that cause that you know what I mean like the the hurt that uh, you may have in your past that causes you to get triggered over certain things that's like you know part one of those things that you can do and talking about that is a big way and I think a big way to do that and I think especially with the older kids uh, and you can do this in small ways with like medium young you know <laughs> kids like, like the middle you know the middle age like kind of middle age was funny uh kind of kids but um especially with the older kids like inviting them into your process and be like you know I'm really sorry that this continues to crop up it's it's an area where I really struggle and this is how I'm working on getting better yeah and can you um help keep me accountable if I'm going off the deep end here will you say hey mom it's happening like this is and that that's part of that is just showing them that you are vulnerable and open yeah and you have to then be open to that I right. think that's the thing. It's like, you're not saying that to make that their responsibility. Like, well, you didn't try to stop me kind of thing. But like, right. giving no, no, no. them right, the right, freedom right. to say like, it's happening again. I'm trying to get you to stop this. But then you can't lash out at them over that or whatever. You know, no, you can't what? use that. You can't punish them for doing what you asked them to do. I no, think that's, that's not fair. Yeah, that's an important. Yeah. But that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting for me about that is like recognizing that it actually, if, if you already have a pretty trusting relationship, mm -hmm. um, it kind of comes naturally, mm -hmm. um, accepting that not, I mean, I guess it's criticism, but that like correction from a younger kid, like, whew, that is humbly yeah. like for sure. That's, that's a, that's hard. Yeah. So what are some things that we can work on learning not to do when we're, you know, working towards repairing well with our kids? I mean, I think a lot of it, it well, I guess it may seem obvious in some ways because it's kind of like the opposite of what we've just been talking about. But like, it's really easy to kind of hide and ignore. And a lot of people will walk away from situations that um, will cause huge scenes and they will be very hurtful in the way that they're behaving. And then you kind of part ways. And then the next time you talk again or the next time you see each other again, it's 
as if it never happened. And, mm-hmm. but it's not, not exactly like that. They're almost overly nice mm-hmm. as if that's their apology, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to like, they almost like they think, okay, I was wrong. I'm going to be really nice to you. Um, but they, they don't actually say it. They don't ever actually acknowledge it. They just kind of try and move past it and ignore the actual yeah. thing that happened. I think in parenting, a lot of times this comes out and because obviously there's not much space between the next time you see them. <laughs> but I think a lot of times this comes out, you can see parents who try to repair with like gift giving. Um, I think that is kind of a natural, that's not really my tendency, but I've seen that. I I have friends whose parents, that was kind of their thing growing up. Like they felt Mm -hmm. bad, so they would buy them a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was almost like a recognition of guilt without proper mechanisms in place to actually repair the relationship. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I think that's, However it manifests, like whether it's kind of gift giving or just overly nice conversation, like including you and things like, hey, come go with me here. Like, I want to do this. I want to do this with you. Uh, However it comes up, like it's kind of the same thing. It's almost like an admission of guilt. Yeah. But not quite. You know, like they they won't actually come out and apologize because they feel awkward about it or whatever. Um, it makes, I mean, it's uncomfortable to admit that you are wrong. And we, I think most people do not like being vulnerable because when you apologize and you admit that you're wrong, you really open yourself up to someone being unkind in return. Like, oh yes, I know. I told you so. I knew you would come around. I know like you, I'm you finally realized it or kind of throwing it in their face. Like, Oh wow. took you long enough or this and this and this, you know, mm-hmm. you're opening yourself up to that kind of ridicule to something that is like a pretty sensitive thing. So I think it is scary, but it's just, it, it just doesn't help anybody to just move on as if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Another kind of two that go together, actually like downplaying and, um, blame sh- blame shifting maybe um so like downplaying your reaction would be not a good thing to do um one helpful thing here is to think about you know when your spouse sins against you um do you want them downplaying how they treated you I don't. No. <laughs> I don't no. find that especially helpful. My husband actually doesn't do that, but I'm, you know, I'm just saying like that would not be that would that would be hurtful to me. Um if he tried to just say that what he did he didn't actually really do or he didn't actually really mean it, you know. Right. Right. Even if you think like, "Oh, well that wasn't a big deal. I was only doing X, Y, or Z." Like it may have really, really hurt the other person. And that is the part that is, like, the crux. That's actually what I was going to say about, like, not pushing or rushing forgiveness. Is, like, you know, sometimes, especially with with kids, you know, younger, middle, youngish kids. (laughs) Or what, medium? (laughs) Middle, medium, medium young. (laughs) Medium, youngish kids. Um, The things that hurt them can seem really and consequential to us but in a lot of ways that's just not fair to like take 
something like to try and quantify how something would hurt us and apply it to a young child mm-hmm. or even a middle school, high school child. Like you can't, it's not fair to say this shouldn't hurt you so much because the fact is it did. And, um, your desire for it to not be as hurtful as it is to them is only actually going to make it more hurtful. And I think one important thing here, because I I really do understand the urge from parents in particular to want your children to see reality rightly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, it's kind of disconcerting when they get so super upset over something that seems like on balance really inconsequential or they perceive things that happened that didn't happen um, or they were offended by something you did and it honestly is something that they were hurt by something you didn't do like you said something and they took it to, that you meant it a certain other way and you totally didn't. And so they were hurt by something that they only perceived about the situation. Mm-hmm. And that can happen, especially when your hormones are going crazy and it's, you know, young adults, adolescent, it's a lot is going on and you can be very sensitive. I was very, very sensitive at that age to things. Um, in the moment of that pain is not the time to try and have them show them reality. Like it's, I'm, it's the, I'm sorry, connecting, reconnecting, repairing what was broken and going back later at a different point and saying, I feel like we need to revisit this because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. At a different time. That's not so emotional. Right. It's the concept, if you've read The Whole Brain Child, of, like, emotional flooding and how when you are emotionally flooded, you cannot really receive any any logic, honestly, but especially correction. Um, and so, honestly, a lot of the same principles apply to toddlers and teenagers and, honestly, adults when you get emotionally flooded as an adult which doesn't happen as frequently as a toddler hopefully (laughs) Um, hopefully not hopefully um but it's the same concept when a human is emotionally flooded albeit it's more intense during certain periods of our lives um there's just no space that correction is going to be well received So even if you do have concerns about maybe how sensitive your child is or how they seem to overreact in certain situations, I agree with what Katie was just saying. Like, in the moment is really not the optimum time to try and handle that. No, definitely not. But there will be. There There will be be a time. Yeah. Yeah. And there will be more conversations about it and times where you can revisit it. And, you know, it's just the same as any other thing. Visit it respectfully. Ask for their... Uh, their attention and and give them your respect don't assume just state the facts and talk about you know talk about how you felt as well and that's important be vulnerable as well like you know there's time for that Um, and I think your kids will be much more open to talking with you about it if you didn't put them on the defensive when they were in such a an emotional state yeah right 
and if you can be vulnerable about your own shortcomings. I, I always find that so inviting when, you know, maybe there have only been a handful of times in my life where someone's like, hey, I wanted to talk to you about this. Like, I, I just felt a little concerned about whatever. Oh, yeah. And every single time, if if that person has said, like, listen, I, I kind of struggle in this area, too. Like, I tend to X, Y, Z. I always just find that so much more, like, oh, you're not trying to, like, berate me with this right now. We're on the same mm-hmm. playing field. You know, I can talk mm-hmm. to you about this because you might be able to relate. So yeah. I always do find that a helpful little thing to do. Yeah, for sure. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's where we'll wrap up this time. Sounds good. All right. And we'll talk yeah. to you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. There's always so much more that can be said. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us in the Tending Lambs Facebook group. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tendinglambs, Instagram at tendinglambs, and for show notes, our blog, and other gentle parenting resources, check out tendinglambs.com. If you're a fan of this podcast and would like to help us continue creating content, we now have a Patreon. We'd love it if you would consider supporting us through that platform. As a patron, you'll be supporting the podcast, blog, and entire Tending Lambs community. But not only that, you'll receive lots of fun perks as well. Sign up to support us at patreon.com slash tendinglambs. And as always, until next time.